Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. Last week, we talked about equipped with joy. If you ever want to get someone mad at you, laugh in their face. You want to get the enemy mad at you, laugh at his face. Laugh in his face. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So we talked about joy, and on the screen it says this. Joy is having a peace in your heart that no matter, no matter what happens, everything will be all right. No matter what happens, everything is going to be okay. Jesus says, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Who is the church? It's you. There may be a whole lot of shaking going on, but upon this rock he's going to build his church, which is you. And so if you are established and founded and grounded in Christ, guess what? There could be a whole lot of shaking going on. There can be the hurricanes that are happening right now going on. But if you are grounded and founded in Christ, no matter what goes on, man, you can be established in joy because you're going to come through this. You're going to come through it because of what God is doing in your life. I love this. Joy is the fruit that laughs at all the mess because we know the outcome. We know that in the end, the outcome is that we win. We win. I love reading from Genesis to Revelation, that every time I read from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between, yes, there's the peaks and there's the valleys that we go through in life, but from Genesis to Revelation, in the end, we win. We're going to have the valleys. We're going to have the mountaintop experiences, but in the end, we ultimately win. Yesterday, or excuse me, tomorrow, I had the opportunity to uh, preach my father-in-law's funeral tomorrow. And I'm telling you, he had a crossover from this earthly possessions and earthly world. He now had a crossover, and now he's walking the streets of gold. And tomorrow, you can be praying for your pastor. I'm going to be preaching at the old church that I just left, and I'm going to be preaching there and also doing my father-in-law's uh, sermon. So right now, my emotions are running high because I'm preaching this sermon. I'm back at my old church. Man, but you know what? My father-in-law Man, he could laugh at the mess because now the outcome is he won. He's now walking with the Lord. How many know that's exciting? Amen? Come on, give the Lord praise. That's exciting. That's our ultimate goal is to be with the Lord. The outcome is that we're going to win. Joy comes when we know who we're fighting our battles and moving our mountains. When we know who's fighting our battles and moving our mountains. God is fighting our battles. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord. And I've learned this about God. If God is fighting your battles, now, you got to get this. If God is fighting your battles and you really trust God that he is fighting your battles, then that's, guess what? You can relax and be still because God said the battle is not mine, it's the Lord's. And if God is fighting your battles, here's how you can relax. You know that he's going to win because every battle that God is faced against, he always wins. The enemy thought he won on Friday, but thank God Sunday came and he rose from the grave and the enemy wasn't laughing anymore. He thought he won that battle, but God resurrected and came back to life again and defeated the enemy. How many know that he's in your battle and he can resurrect your situation and bring life to your situation when there seems to be death? Somebody say amen. Isn't that right? God can do that. He can do that in your life. I always say this. Gifts 
are what you do. And this is what I want to talk about today. Gifts are what you do. God distributes gifts to you. The gift, the gift of maybe generosity, the gift of being a servant, the gift of a, 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 a help of others and so on. That's the gifts of what you do. But fruits... Fruit is who you are. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, that is who you are. That is your character, the character of not only of you, but the character of Christ. The Bible says in 1 John 2, verse 6, that he soever believeth in him should walk as Jesus did. How did Jesus walk? He walked with the fruits. He walked with the fruits to demonstrate if I can do it, you can do it. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, now what? Lives in you. He equips you and lives in you to help you walk in the fruit of the spirit. Even in your weakness, he's made strong to help you and to sustain you to remain in peace and to remain in joy and to remain in the love. That's what God desires for to do in you. But in Hebrews chapter 6, I want to today talk about peace. If there's any fruit that we need right now, how many of you know we need peace? I always say this, to know God, no peace. Know God, no peace. K-N-O-W, know God, no peace. No peace, N-O, no peace, no God. If you don't know God, you don't know peace. But to know God, you know peace. God is peace. And God said, peace be still and know that I am God. If there's a time right now that we as Christians or believers or the church all abroad need to walk in the fruit, it's the fruit of peace. Right now, we see all what's going on around us. My hometown is under fire. Praise God, as Cheryl said. Man, Pastor John Brown from Kenosha Assembly or Journey Church, the church that I helped build, man, they're out there baptizing people on the streets. It gets me proud to see that my home church and the church that I worked at, they're out there starting revival on the streets there in Kenosha. It's exciting to see that. And they're remaining in peace. If there's any fruit that we need right now, we need to take off our gloves and start embracing one another and saying it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right because the peace that passes all understanding now lives and moves and dwells within me. And I'm not going to demonstrate the flesh. I'm going to demonstrate the spirit of God that lives within me, the fruit that's spreading out from my limbs. The fruit that's spreading out from my, my mouth is not rage or anger, but the fruit that's spreading out from my mouth is peace. Everything is going to be okay. We have to be the pace setters to the world, not to join forces and throw our fists up and be mad at the world. But we have to remain in peace and say, God, as you say in Psalms 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God, and I change not in who I am. God is in control. But in Hebrews chapter 6, I love what he says there. It is so cool. He says, when God made his promise to Abraham, you got to get this. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you. Now watch this. I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. So watch his, this is so cool. He's going to bless Abraham, and what did God do? 
God gave Abraham many descendants as numerous as the sand on the seashore. And who's included in those descendants? It's you and I. We are a descendant of Abraham. We are walking under the umbrella or the blessings that God has bestowed upon Abraham. We are walking in those blessings because we are heirs of Jesus and we are descendants of Abraham. Somebody say amen. He says this, and so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves, and an oath confirms what he has said and puts an end to all arguments. I love this, and this is so cool, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to his heirs. That's you. Of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. And he goes on to say, watch this. He confirmed it with God did this so that by two, now you got to get this, two unchangeable things in which is impossible for God to lie. Has anybody ever lied to you before and that lie hurts you when you found out the truth? One of the things that God never does, you can write this down in stone, he will never lie to you. Now, God may not do the things that you want him to do the way you want him to do. And because he didn't do it the way you wanted to do, you're going to confuse that with God lied to you. No, God works all things for the good and those in Christ Jesus. But a lot of times what we do, if God doesn't do it our way, we equate that that he lied to us. He didn't lie to us. He just did it his way and not your way. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And what a lot of believers end up doing, they get discouraged or upset or mad at God because it didn't work out the way they thought it should be. And guess what? Because of that, they're mad at God and they're saying, God lied to me. How many know what I'm talking about? And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to believe a lie that he's putting in your mind. Where's the battle? The battle takes place in your mind. Where does the enemy like to speak the loudest? In your thoughts, in your mind, in your reasoning. He wants to say, your God really said that? Your God really told you that? Then why didn't it come to pass? Why didn't it happen? Why didn't this take place the way you thought it was? A lot of times we like a conductor. We like to conduct our own movie instead of turning it over to God. God said, listen, that's not my script. That's your script. And we like to do that. And I like this. We who have fled to take hold of, here's the the second promise, to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. In other words, God said, I'm not going to lie to you. I'll never break my promises. My promises are yes and amen. And I'm going to give you hope to encourage you to make it through the storm. You know what, I don't know about you, but, man, I, I remember my daughter, when she got sick one time, she got sick, really, really sick, came down with a really severe fever and a temperature, and she was sweating, man, and she was crying and aching and all these things. And I'll never forget, I, being the daddy, man, she crawled up in my lap, and I embraced her, and she's sitting on my lap, she's crying, she said, Daddy, I don't feel good. I don't feel good, and so I do the Cheryl thing. You got a poo-poos, you got to throw up, you got this, you got that. Oh, no, Daddy, I just don't feel good. And you know what I did? I, I embraced her. I said, Heidi, it's going to be okay. 
Do you know that you can crawl up in the lap of your Abba Father? And you know why he says hope? Because when you crawl up in the lap of your Abba Father, guess what he says? Everything is going to be okay. Everything will be all fine. I got this. I got it under control. Don't fret, don't worry, don't fear, for I'm on the way to help you be of good courage. That's why Jesus says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. You get this? Now watch this. Of love and of a sound mind. In other words, a sound mind to keep, keep sane. Don't allow the enemy to discourage you, defeat you, to bring you down, to tell, speak into your ears and tell you you're going down, you're never going to make it. That's the opposite of encouragement. Jesus said, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. And if you're anything like a fisherman, I cheat. I, I use bobbers. That's how I know I got a fish. I'm not a good fisherman, but I know that when my bobber goes down, I got a bite. But I always know this, that when my bobber goes down, it always comes back. You might be bobbing right now. You might be being nibbled on by the enemy, but you're always going to come back. You're like a weeble. You're going to wobble, but you're not going to fall down. Why? Because God is for you. Who can be against you? Somebody say amen, right? Amen. But then he goes on. He says, we have this hope. Now get this. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure. It enters in the inner sanctuary beyond the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. What did he do? He took our sins. He became a man, became a man without sin. Therefore, he was able to go beyond the curtain to take and carry our sins before the God. And he laid our sins down. He became a high priest, however, in the order of Melchizedek, or however you say that word. And you can study that in Hebrews 14. It talks about, uh, excuse me, in Genesis 14. He said, we are the descendants of fa our, or family of Abraham, blessings and heirlooms. Heirlooms or blessings of him. We are blessings. We are forerunners. Jesus has entered on our behalf. You know, uh, because of my father-in-law passing, it's been kind of crazy. Over these last few months, my wife and her uh, three sisters and, and her brother have been going through her father's things. And it's been kind of sad because obviously it seems a little morbid. You know, he was on his last leg and they have to kind of clean out things. And they had a storage unit they had to clean out and so on. But all five of them were able to get some heirlooms from, from uh, her father. And we have one particular now. It's on the headboard of our bed in our bedroom that my wife was able to get her grandfather's flag that her dad had that was passed down to her dad and was able to get his military flag. Was also able to get her grandfather's old police hat. I mean, you should see, uh, man, the, the hats that police officers wore back then. Man, they were cool. I like that hat. Uh, the only problem why I don't wear hats is my nose is bigger than the bill, so I don't wear hats. Amen? That's why I don't wear hats. Amen? Jeff, one, uh, Dad wanted to give me a hat. I said, no, that, that, song, that, 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 that phrase up there, forgiven, I'm not forgiven, man. I, I, you know, I don't want to do that. Amen? But, 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 but she was able to get some heirlooms, and each one of those heirlooms have meanings behind it, and they have a story behind it. Here's the cool thing with God. We are the sentence or the family of Abraham's. Now, blessings and heirlooms. I, get, I, I want you to get this in your spirit, Gary. Blessings and heirlooms 
of Christ. In other words, what's been passed down from my Cheryl's great-grandfather to Cheryl's dad, now into Cheryl's hands, it's a reminder of the grandfather, the great-grandfather, and now to us, and eventually that will be passed down to my kids. It's the same way with the descendants of Abraham. The blessings that God bestowed upon Abraham now are passed on to you. Now get this. Please hear your pastor today. One of the problems that happens today is we forfeit the blessings that God has for us because it doesn't happen when we want it or it doesn't happen the way we expect it or we're getting discouraged that we quit. But God's blessings are always yes and amen. And you are under the umbrella of Abraham. Therefore, now get this. Therefore, Rhonda, you can believe for the blessings that God has for your life. We can believe for that. Listen, the promise to Abraham is still intact. It's not severed. The biblical cord is not severed. It's still intact. And the benefits to his blessings are still available to you or to us. They're still available to us. That's you. That's why you have not because you ask not. You have to expect and believe. I say this in Romans 4, 17, you call those things as though they were, and you call it forth. God, I believe this is what your word said. Your word is not void. I'm not calling it blab it and grab it or name it and claim it. That is God's word. You can expect that. You are a child of God. You are a royal priesthood, people belonging to God. You are descendants of Abraham. And so many times we forfeit the blessings, and they go by us because we're afraid to ask. Oh, we're trying to be this meek Christian. And God said, listen, you have not because you ask not. Start calling in your blessings. Start calling in those things that God wants to do in your life. Come on. Oh, I'd rather see someone else get blessed. We always say that. Until they get blessed and you don't, then you get mad. Come on. I love this. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17. Let's go back to that. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose, very clear, to the heirs of what he promised. Now, you've got to get this, what he promised, to confirm an oath with you. You know what the Bible says about the oath? He says, do not delay in fulfilling your vows because God has no pleasures in fools. So God doesn't have any pleasures in fools who make an oath or a vow to him. You think God is going to break his vow or oath to you? Because he cannot lie. He can't go back on his word. You see, listen, I love this. God does not change his mind, his words, or his promises. You can bank on that. God doesn't change his mind. He doesn't change his words. His word is established forever. And he doesn't change his promises. So what are his promises? In 2 Corinthians, and I'm throwing a lot at you because I want to get to where I got to go. And I know time's getting away. But look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 through 20. You got to get this. But as surely as God is faithful, as God is faithful. Lamentations chapter 3, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God is faithful to his word. 
Number one, God will never go against his word. So if you're taking notes, write this down. God will never break his word. God will never break his word. But let me tell you the second thing that God is faithful to. God is faithful to his people. He never lets the righteous be forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. God will never be unfaithful to those who seek him. You will find him. And the third thing that God is faithful to, God is faithful to his church. Upon this rock, he's going to build his church. He'll never give up on his promises or his word. He'll never give up on you as his people. He'll never give up on his church. You can write that in stone. God is faithful. You know, this COVID thing is really proven to be true about how God is faithful to his church. Man, my son, man, they've been having struggles because they have only 25% of the people. And, man, they were just because of that, they were kind of down in, in their offerings and so on and so forth. But in one week's time, they put out a call or a plead for help for not only for the church but also for the community. In one week's time, they were trying to raise $250,000. In one week's time, they raised $340,000. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Karen, you go to that church. She knows, right? Karen, you go to my son's church. She also goes, she gets double blessing. She gets my son, she gets me. She tells me I'm better, amen. <laughs> amen. But $340,000, because God never forsakes the church. And I want to encourage you, God never forsakes you. But then he goes on to say, he said, he is surely his face. Our message to you is not yes or no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who has preached among you by us, by me, and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. God has always come through. Listen, the promises of God are like a fire extinguisher to the lies and the flames of the devil. How I many you know that's true? That every time you use a promise against the enemy, guess what? It distinguishes the flames of the lies of the enemy because the enemy cannot stand the promises of God. So every time when the enemy tries to come in like a flood, you can raise up a standard against him, and you can tell the enemy, you come against me with swords and spear as Goliath came against David, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. His word will not return void. And every time you come against his attack, guess what you're doing? You're extinguishing the fire or the flames of the enemy. You start speaking the promise, which is the fire extinguisher, the put out the flames of the enemy. Somebody say amen. I love this. When you hold to the promises, it reminds the devil of his future. How many know that's true? Oh, you may attack me for this season. By the end, you're going to be thrown in the lake of fire. Every time you bring up a promise, when you speak forth the promise, it reminds the enemy of his future. You see, find a promise. I want you to get this now. Find a promise that fix your that fits your problem and build your faith and prayer around it. What are you going through in your life right now? Find the promise that fits your problem. What is your problem? Hey, I'm lacking in finances. Philippians 4:19. If any man be excuse me, for you would not lack, for my God will supply all your needs according to your glorious riches. That's a promise 
fitting your situation. By his stripes, I, I am healed. That's a promise fitting your situation. You start speaking the promise in your situation. Start building your, your faith and your prayer around that promise. You see, but there's two unchangeable things we talked about. Number one, that God cannot lie. God cannot lie. Look at this. That God never lies. I love this. God cannot even share a little white lie. Do you know that? He can't even share a little white lie. I wrote this down. There is no gray side to God. He's not shady. God is always on time. There's no gray side to God. He's not shady. He doesn't tell you half-truths. That's what the enemy does. You ever notice what the enemy does? He sprinkles in a little bit of truth to get you the rest of the way. The truth is what the hook is or the bait. But then the hook is covered up by the bait. And once you bite into that bait, you don't think the enemy knows the truth of God's word? He was in heaven. He was cast down from heaven because why? He was jealous of God. And so he was cast down here on earth, right? And he's roaming like a lion looking for whom he may devour. And how does he devour us? He sprinkles us with a little bit of truth to get our attentions, to get our eyes on him, and also to bite the bait to get us where he wants us. Another one is this, that he gives us hope. Hope says that everything is going to be okay, just be still. But going back to verse 19. Verse 19 said this, we have this hope as an anchor. Let me ask you a question, and here's the question. It's on the board. Ask yourself this question. Is what you are hooked to, what you are hooked to, stronger than what you're going through? Pastor Andrew and Becky just when came back from vacation. He was telling me about some of his experiences that he had. He was diving, snorkeling, and going forth and looking under these, the water and the rocks there in the water, finding old anchors. And the reason why he was finding old anchors is because the boat that hooked to these rocks that he found the old anchor to, they were so lodged in there that what had to happen, Andrew said, that they cut the rope because they couldn't get it unlodged. And so when he and Joe were diving looking for anchors, they were able to get this old, old anchor that was lodged into the rock. Who is that rock? Jesus is our solid rock. Our firm foundation in what we stand. Let me ask you, is your, what you're hooked to stronger than what you're going through? And that's what you got to remind yourself about, that I'm hooked to the anchor. I'm hooked to Jesus. He's stronger than my problems or my situations that I'm going through in life. Let me ask you this. Are you troubled in spirit? Are you troubled in spirit? Guess what? He was too. Are you anxious you could die? Guess what? He was too. Are you overwhelmed with grief? Guess what? He was too. He understands. Now get this. You, gotta, you got pencil and paper. You should write this down. We'll be coming out with my notes coming up here soon. But you got to get this. Because Jesus is human. Because Jesus is human. He understands us. Because Jesus is human, he understands us. Now watch this. Because he is divine, 
He's all-powerful, almighty. He can help us. Let me say that again so you get this in your knower. you got to get it in your spirit because Jesus is human. He was right where you're at because Jesus is human. He understands you. He knows where you're at. He knows the pressure. The Bible says that Jesus was under pressure that when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he do? He sweat drops of blood. He understands the anxiety, the pressures, the cares in which you go through in life. Could you imagine? He took upon the world on his shoulders that he was such in pressure and anxiety that he absolutely out of his pores sweat drops of blood. He understands where you're at. That's why he says, cast all your cares. That's why he says, come unto me. He knows where you're at. But I love this because he is divine. He can help you. I, I like this. You know the Bible. I love to read about the end coming, that when Jesus comes, he's going to be coming on a horse. And I used to tease the people when I pastored in, in, in uh, Colorado. You know, they're Broncos, right? And so what is a Bronco? It's a white horse, right? And they're real proud of that. But uh, G for Packers stands for God. And I said, so God is going to be riding the Bronco when he comes. Amen. And so I always used to tease them that Packers are going to dethrone the Broncos. Well, lo and behold, guess what? When they played in the Super Bowl, the Broncos won. So, well. But anyway, but you, <laughs> but you know what? Here's the funny thing. If Jesus can come, Rob, in a twinkling of an eye, in a twinkling of an eye, I want you to get this in your spirit. He is divine that he can help you. If he, Nelda, can come in a twinkling of an eye, Guess what he can do in your situations? He can heal you in the twinkling of an eye. That's the God in which we serve. He can heal you, touch you, care and minister to you. You're a walking miracle. Man, I'm telling you, Karen, I love you, your spirit, your heart. Even yesterday at the wedding, you're just so always upbeat. God can, now get this. God can be a defensive back in the game of life you're in. He can intercept what's coming your way. He can deflect it off you. Why? Because he's human and he understands and he's divine and he can help you. Now, I, I got to get moving. Come on, Andrew. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 7. Now watch this. This is so cool. You got to get this. In Hebrews chapter 7. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. Now watch this. In Genesis 14, it talks about how Jesus became in the order of Melchizedek. You know why? Because he became a human. In Philippians chapter 2, the Bible says he became a man just like we are. In other words, a man without sin that was able to walk behind the curtain to take our sins before God. That we could be healed. And when Jesus did this, now watch this. When he became a man, Deb, watch what happened. Look at the order in what took place, Scott, for Jesus. He said, first the name Melchizedek means the king of righteousness. You know what righteousness means? Right standing. But if you look it up in the Greek, 
Do you know what righteousness means? Blessings. He's the king of blessings. What side do you serve today, the king of kings and the Lord of lords? Guess what you can expect and believe for in your life? The king of blessings. Now, do you ever get this? What is the king's role? The king's role is to rule over circumstances, situations, and pressures for the people. What is the king's role in your life? To bestow and be blessings on you. Watch this one. I love this. I love this. He said, then also the king of Shalom. Now watch this. Oh, this is so cool. The king, which means king of peace. When my daughter crawled up in my lap, I told her it's going to be okay. And just the very words that I spoke gave my daughter hope. If Jesus is the king of peace, he can speak to your storms and say enough is enough. Why? Because his DNA is peace. His DNA is blessings. His DNA is hope. And that's why we have to anchor ourselves to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I close with John 14. Watch this. John 14. And all this I have spoken while still with you. Oh, this is so cool. You, you got to get this. But the advocate... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Now watch this. Here's what he said. Here's what he said. Here's what he said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. <laughs> Guess what? This is why we don't have to fret. What we see happening in Minneapolis and Target being raided and what's happening down the streets in Kenosha, what's happening in Seattle. We have a friend from Seattle here today. What's happening in all these different cities in Chicago where my brother's at and they're raiding Michigan Avenue there and all what's going on. He says, I do not give you, I do not give you as the world gives. Right now our world is in turbulence. Our world is not in peace. It's in anger. It's in rage. It's in fighting. It's in battle. But I'm here to tell you, those who are anchored on the hope of Jesus Christ, no matter what is going on around you in our world, Jesus is our peace. He is our hope. He is the answer for our lives today. Don't detach yourself from the anchor. God will speak into your situation and he will bring peace to your soul. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's what he's saying. Don't be afraid. He says, you have heard me. I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you love me, you will be glad that I am going to the Father for the Father is greater than I. 
So you know what's cool? Here's what's really cool. Jesus said in that verse, he said he gave you the advocate, the Holy Spirit, to do what? To remind you when you're down on your luck or when you're down in your blessings or when you're struggling in life. What does the Holy Spirit do to you? He's reminded you. What did Jesus say? I give you peace. I give you hope. I give you strength. I give you love. I give you encouragement. Just don't quit. Don't become weary in well-doing. For at a proper time, in my time, in my season, in my day, I will bring peace or a harvest to your life. But don't quit. Don't give up. Don't get caught in the storms. Remain in peace. Those who keep his mind on Jesus, he will keep you in what? Perfect peace. Don't be rattled. Because right now our world is not in peace. But our God is. And I'm going to remain in you. Now, I close with this. If I have not told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. That's what Jesus wants us to do. It brings joy to Jesus' face when he gives you something that is useful for the advancements. The role of the Holy Spirit is to remind you or us that the peace is within you. A lot of times we get our eyes on the problem instead of the promise. So the Holy Spirit must remind us. God gives us peace in mind, body, soul, and spirit so that we will make right decisions during hard times. What is peace? Peace means I will not be shaken off center with God in my life. Peace says that the ride will be rough, but every ride must end, so remain in peace. That's what God wants us to do today. If you want to be stand and be accounted for in a world that's going through the rage that it is, the way that you can be accounted for is to walk in peace. Not adding to the fire, but distracting from the fire. The Bible says without wood, the fire goes out. Let's remain in peace. Let's let God fight our battles. Let's hinge on the promises. Know that God is in control. Will you stand with me today? I'll tell you, God is so good. God is so good. And I want to encourage you today. Let's stand on the promises. Let's remain in peace. Let's let our fruit shine. Let's let people know that we're peculiar and different because Christ lives in me and that Christ, the King of peace, has spoken into my life. And in my life, I'm going to speak it back to you. God has everything under control. That's what it's all about. Can I pray over you this morning? And if you're going through turbulent times right now and you're going through a restless spirit, whether it be in a relationship, whether it be financial, whether it be physical, whatever it may be, you have to speak to that area and say enough is enough. In other words, be still. Mind be still. Distractions be still. I want to pray this over you this morning, that God will bestow his peace on you. Can you do that with me? Come on, let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, as your word so clearly says that you give us peace that passeth all understanding. 
we don't understand what's going on around us in our world and our society and all what's happening, but God, you do. And Lord, as you say in Hebrews, that we anchor ourselves to you. And as we do that, Father, Lord, you hold us and you help us and you sustain us through all our struggles. You speak to our situations and you say, peace, peace to those situations. Just as you did with the disciples, Lord, as I couldn't go any further because of time, but you spoke into the winds of the disciples and everything was peaceful. And I pray that you speak. Speak into the lives of those that need peace today. Mind, body, soul, and spirit. Lord, we came hungry, but today, Father, we leave full. And I pray you bless these people. I pray you pour out your Holy Spirit upon them. Use them and guide them. And I speak peace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com give. Thank you for your generous donation.